Today is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Arrests made in New York City over secret Chinese police stations. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast. We're bringing news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a rating. Share it with a friend. Get your friends involved. Why hide good things from them? Let them know about it. You can send us your thoughts at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. As we get through the news of the cray here each and every weekday morning at 7 a.m. Joining me to get through that news of the cray, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. What's up, fellas? It's Mini Monday. What's going on? I'm just living the dream as always. Yep. I know you guys are too. Yep. Living the dream. It's a good day. It's a good day to be. And it's kind of getting it's kind of getting warmer, so it yeah. feels kind of like spring. Global outside. warming is kicking in. Which, I have right, to say right, right. though, I feel like I don't know if this is just me with my multiple kids, but my kids are just passing around sicknesses. Like a different one is like, it's my turn to be sick today, and then they, yeah, and then they're all sick. Then my wife was down for a couple of days. Man, it's just it seems like stuff's going around. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, no, it's not just you. I just am getting over a sinus infection, and then my kid woke up sick today. So yeah, it's you, you can't, well, you never know. Life you is know. a box of sickness, <laughs> especially when you have kids and when you travel in planes. But that's another story for another day that Billy can happily rant on. But uh, hopefully, you all are staying relatively healthy there at home. But we have a lot to get to on the pod. Franklin Graham was uh, agreeing with uh, Elon Musk. You guys are going to be looking at that. Yeah, it's a really it's really interesting, right? Because they're not necessarily people you'd consider being on the same side of something, but um, on the transgender youth issue, for sure, he was offering some praise to Elon Musk. Yeah, so we'll get into that. Plus, on the main thing, there is a film seeking to expose evil and point viewers towards good, but it does it in a very unconventional fashion. Billy will have the details on that on today's main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And the FBI and federal prosecutors announced yesterday the arrests of two New York residents who allegedly ran an undisclosed Chinese government police station in Manhattan's Chinatown. Officials said China's Ministry of Public Security, that's MPS, has, quote, repeatedly and flagrantly violated our nation's sovereignty, including by opening and operating a police station in the middle of New York City. This comes just weeks after CBN's report on the growing concern over these Chinese secret police stations across America. And another day, another survey pointing out the Bible's innumerable transformational benefits. The American Bible Society's 13th annual State of the Bible report reveals that scripture-engaged individuals were shown to have the highest levels of persevering hope. There's a lot of interesting numbers in that. You can read all the details over at cbnnews.com and a Florida mother who spent her life savings on her daughter's cancer treatments won millions on a scratch ticket the day after her daughter left the hospital and rung the bell. This is Geraldine Gimblet from Lakeland, Florida. She won a $2 million prize off just a $10 scratch ticket. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Guys, I loved that last story. I mean, just incredible. The uh, daughter said that the day before my mom bought this ticket, I rang the bell and walked out of the hospital after completing my last treatment for breast cancer, she said. And then her mom 
had to talk to the clerk because there was a specific game. I guess she plays it regularly. They didn't have any more tickets. He made she made the clerk go look and they found the last one there and that one had a two million dollar prize in it unbelievable it is and you have to wonder in those moments you know and and that doesn't always happen lots of people finish their cancer treatment and they don't walk away with a a relative winning the lottery right uh but but then you wonder like you know in those circumstances why why did god do that right there must have been something there it's almost like this icing on this cake of of just healing and life and it i don't know either way i love the story it's inspiring (laughs) Yeah, it's an awesome story. And I also think, too, when when something like this happens that somebody, because of the cancer aspect of it, they have a different perspective than maybe somebody who just won it, Um, you know, and they were otherwise completely healthy and didn't have this trauma that they just went through as a family. So it'd be interesting to follow up on this story to see where does all the money go? Do they donate some of it? Do they use some of it for for some things that maybe an average person wouldn't? so yeah, I think these stories are really fascinating for that reason is where does all the money end up going when they've got such a unique story? Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, and just the fact that this mom spent everything she had to help yeah. her daughter, to, to do what she could to help her daughter. I'm guessing it was a lot less than $2 million. Most of us don't have $2 million laying around. So it was probably a lot less than that. But so to your point, I mean, I'm sure that this mom's probably going to be very interested in you know, cancer issues, charities that help cancer, things of that nature. So, um, but, but a very, a very blessing though for them. Yeah, totally, totally blessing. And just with all the bad news going on, it's just good to focus on something that it just brings a smile to your face, you know, because so many times you see people win the lotto and, you know, and look, it's a whole nother argument to debate whether it's even biblical to play the lotto. Um, that's a whole nother topic for another day. But regardless, m- most of the time you see it, it's some schlub who wins it and then just goes and spends the money away like the prodigal son on strip clubs and everything else. And so this is, uh, you know, someone who's very much in need of this and deserving uh, of it if anyone's going to win it. So cool, cool to see it. Cool to see it. Definitely um, a different outcome than the norm but we're gonna we're gonna head on over to our next story here and we've got some an unlikely duo here sort of agreeing on stuff although i'd say maybe guys in in recent days maybe not so unlikely with some of the things that elon musk has been saying but franklin graham had some words of praise for something that elon musk had said so what is the story here yeah, you know, Elon Musk went uh, viral in recent days for posting something on on Twitter that got a lot of attention. He basically said, and well, here's what he said. He said, any parent or doctor who sterilizes a child before they are a consenting adult should go to prison for life. And um, that's what Elon tweeted. And it got over 657,000 likes, well over 100,000 retweets and made a lot of headlines, right? And that's an issue that obviously on the conservative side has gotten a lot of attention. Now, Franklin Graham... Um, always takes to his Facebook page with interesting perspective. And this was no exception. He, um, on Monday, went on Facebook and actually um, talked about Elon Musk and what Elon had tweeted. He said, Elon Musk spoke out to make a point about the bizarre and dangerous transgender medical treatments being performed on minors. And I appreciate that he isn't afraid to call it like it is. And then he went on to talk about that tweet that I just referenced. um, And, you know, then went into the issue more broadly himself, Franklin, talking about really, you know, what is going on in America, how shameful it is. Uh, He said it's shameful that any adult would be part of feeding this confusion and pushing children over a cliff that is built on lies from the pit 
of hell. And that's just a preview of what he said. He had, he had quite a bit to say about this issue and agreeing with Elon. Yeah. And what are what are Graham's worries about these issues sort of more broadly? Well, you know, he talked first. Let's talk about young people. He he spoke about the lifelong consequences to the surgeries and the drugs. He talked about how it maims the body, the mind, the spirit. Uh, but he didn't just stop there. He also talked about broader ramifications. And this is where the spiritual side really comes in because you could talk about the individual being affected spiritually, which he did. But he also talked about America how we are handling this issue. You look at Europe, and he didn't get into this, but you look at Europe, Europe's moving away from youth transgender surgeries and procedures. America's all in on it. Um, And what Graham said was, God will judge our nation. This madness needs to stop. And so he's speaking there about when a country gives itself over to this sort of thing, that he believes there will be a spiritual judgment from God. So it's not just the individuals, it's the country as a whole, which it, it does make you really think. It does. Well, and, you know, it's interesting because Elon Musk is clearly not a Christian. The Babylon Bee guys interviewed him and sort of famously and awkwardly asked him about that. And and it was, you know, he's not a Christian. So people like him, though, are seeing the problem with this, even if they can't articulate the full truth of what's going on here. But um, I think what we're seeing is a society that is crazier and crazier as far as we're trying to accept things that everyone can see with their eyes aren't real or aren't true. For example, Abercrombie and Fitch did a campaign with um, these two trans men, uh, well, trans women, I guess, right? Biological men who kind of dress up as women. And so these two men flailing around with their armpits still hairy and they're, they're trying to act all kind of sexy for this photo shoot and you're watching them and neither one of them are particularly good looking either right i mean usually models are attractive at least in some sense so they aren't even that and then also to boot they're guys dressed as girls and they're and so so anybody watching this i don't know who would think oh wow this is there's some attractive people up there modeling their clothes like it's just very uncomfortable and anyone with eyes can see okay this isn't beauty Right. And so I think culture is trying to push this on us on a wider you know, scope on not just that on other issues. And so yeah. at what point does the pendulum swing around where we, we all just kind of say, I have eyes, <laughs> you know, I no. have eyes. I yeah. can see what you're doing. The pendulum is detached and it's just beating up now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, what a picture that <laughs> the pendulum is detached and it's, it's just, just beating culture around, around everywhere. It's I mean, run by AI. It's just on its own beating us. Right, like it, I mean, it went off the hinge there at the top that. and it's just sort of like swinging around. It's still on the hinge, so the, the bottom of it's just pummeling everyone. That's, uh, that is. that's I think that's an accurate image, Billy. Well done. Uh, no, but I think that's so. What you're saying, Dan, is so true. I think we now live in a world where we're just so beyond the pale that to point out the obvious is like now you're the crazy person. <laughs> right? Like you are looking. I'm looking at a pig wearing lipstick, and I'm supposed to call this. I'm supposed to call this a gorgeous woman or you know like a really handsome man if it's the other way. So it's it's just but but yeah the the way that we have isolated ourselves it's like you can't even i don't know you can't even begin to have a conversation about anything so like you know we're we're, we're lost when it comes to to 
to how to even fix the issue when conversation is not even allowed to, to take yeah. place. It's it's like our own version of the Hunger Games, so to speak. Right. You know, if you stand up and go, hey, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't be doing this thing where we kill everybody. And then they're like, what? I'm sorry. Can you say that a little louder? And the stormtroopers come running in and then scoop you away. And that's the last time anybody speaks out against it. I, I feel like we're very much in that sort of zone. People are too afraid to speak truth. And that is never how our country has been designed. Regardless of our disagreements, you should be able to speak those disagreements and then just let the chips fall where they may. But that that is not where we are right now. And I think that's a very telling sign when one side says, we can't say those things, don't say those things, be quiet over there. This is the only approved language. That's a dangerous place yeah. to be in, and that's why we constantly are talking about the First Amendment on this podcast. Well, and we have to remember, too, that I think all of these years of don't worry about faith, don't have your faith involved in any of this, go away, Christian, yeah. stop talking. And, and you know, sometimes Christians maybe not knowing how to handle it well, this is this is your payoff, right? This is when your spiritual blindness is raging and you have a culture completely confused by the truth. And that spiritual element of it, we've got to remember because it's real. I mean, people yeah. are looking up at the sky, the same blue sky, and people are saying it's orange, it's green, it's and it's like, no, it's blue, and, clearly. And and I, you guys are younger than me. Uh, I'm, I'm the elder statesman on the podcast so maybe I'm just getting older, and this is what happens when you start approaching the half-century mark, which I am. I'm 48 years old now. Um, but I'm becoming less and less, even though I tend to, you know, have I have my political positions and the, the parties that I agree with on the issues. But I just less and less see either one of those. They're just kind of like the lesser of two evils at this point, and I just continue to lean in on Scripture and on Christ, because at the end of the day, like you just said there, Billy, I mean, we're, we're, we're struggling with truth. And one party or the other in politics, they're all going to the same place. They're just trying to move masses with whatever's popular. So if they support you one minute, guess what? They're not going to support the issue you support the next minute. The moment culture says something different. So um, as we detach from truth, I think it's just more imperative that we as Christians keep leaning into the truth of scripture because it's it's going to have the answer to what is plaguing society more than any political party either side you guys agree i mean i think well i think some of that could be generational but i also i, I really think more of it is just cultural right i think our culture is in a place now where the hopelessness is at a greater degree than it has been in yeah. the past so i think people of all ages are just completely disenchanted with politicians uh, all, all around the, the or on, on both sides of the aisle all around the country. I think people are just done because they're desperate for something that they can put their hope in and they're not finding it in anything the world provides. So really the church is the only answer. That's the, you know, Christ is the only true answer. So hopefully as Christians, we can see that as an opportunity to step in and say, look, you're, we know you're disenchanted, whether you're Republican or a Democrat or conservative or progressive, uh, but you're disenchanted not because they're not great. You're disenchanted because you're putting your trust in these fallible human yeah. beings and not in in a Christ who who can save you. Yeah, I mean, amen. I, I can't second that more. I think we, we have to point people toward the truth and maybe 
maybe God has allowed some of this because we need to be focusing on that instead of, I think a lot of us have focused very heavily on the solution being politics, not that we shouldn't be engaged, but that that's our number one solution. Everything else kind of comes secondary. And I think we we've had that wrong. And so now we've got to fix that and point people toward the only truth that's going to free them. Right. Right. Because ultimately what do we want as Christians, right? Is it our party in political power? I mean, that's a nice side benefit if you're getting, policies that you think reflect your faith. But ultimately, we want people to turn, repent of their sins, and put their faith in Christ. And, you know, increasingly, as both of these parties start rejecting things of, you know, that are basic truths, and they start rejecting these things, I just don't see a path, you know, any other way than just kind of skipping all that and going straight to the gospel. But maybe that's just me. That's an ongoing conversation. You can send all your thoughts to to email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. I'd love to hear your take on that whole thing. So, um, But we're going to move over to the main thing now. A film seeking to expose evil and point viewers toward good, nefarious. It's in theaters now, and it doesn't follow the typical Christian movie blueprint. Billy Hallowell has more for today's main thing. Filmmakers Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman have brought some of the most popular faith-based movies to the marketplace. They directed and wrote the script for Unplanned, and they also brought us the runaway hit God's Not Dead. Their new project, Nefarious, takes a very different tone and tenor, though, as they tackle evil, possession, and spiritual warfare. And it's all told through the story of a possessed inmate on death row. We had a chance at the premiere for Nefarious to sit down with both Carrie and Chuck to ask why they felt called to make this movie and why it is so important, considering what is going on in America, to be talking about this issue of evil. Here's our interview with Chuck and Carrie. You guys have done a lot of films. What is different about Nefarious? It's finished. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's a different subject matter. It's something that we felt called to do, and... I mean, it's just very intense, but it's also uh, very compelling. You know, as a filmmaker, it's easier to do things outside or moving in different scenes. This is very intense because it's two guys in a room. And to make that not boring, which I think we've achieved here, uh, from the reactions from the press and from the reviews and stuff, it's really, it's really challenging. So it's something we're proud of, and we're also proud of because we believe every single word of what we said in it. And it's a, I believe it's a contemporary, a contemporary problem in our society. The occult is everywhere. So yeah, young people, it's, an, it's, it's insane how many young people are involved in the occult. And they just don't understand. They don't understand that, you know, they're playing with fire. And I wrote a book called Playing With Fire about this topic, actually. I did. I did. I did. There you go. Look at that. Why, why is it so important? And we're just starting to talk about this here, but to be talking about evil or showing evil through storytelling in this way. Well, it's the lowest threshold cost of entry in terms of examining something. There are lots of people who would never go near a church who will look at a movie. And then what this movie does is we've heard over and over again, it doesn't leave people alone. They're, days later, they're still thinking about what they saw. And so it opens up the thought process, it opens up a conversation. And it's because really, the movie's not about a cultural battle, it's about a spiritual battle. It's all about the battle between good and evil. Yeah, the individual battle within each person. There's a collective battle too, but that individual battle matters. 
Well, let's put it this way. They, uh, there was a poll, seven out, of ten seven out of 10 people believe, and just think about this number, that they have some sort of mental disorder, and half of those, over half, four out of the 10, believe it's some sort of demonic oppression, infestation, or something. Four out of 10 people, that's 100, I mean, it's crazy number. That's just in America. Let's not even forget the rest of the world. And I think if you were to be honest, uh, there's something different now in America. There's something different in the world. There's some kind of dark thing going on. Just look around. And uh, it's this is the time we felt called to make this movie for that exact reason. And we feel that we were told to make it for that exact reason. When we talk about legacy as just a final question here, legacy is one of those big things, those big words, right? But what do you want your legacy to be? More souls in heaven. That's a simple and great legacy. Same thing. I mean, uh, to come before the Lord and have him say, well done, my good and faithful servants, you're in. Thank you both so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That was Carrie Solomon and Chuck Konzelman. If you want to know more about Nefarious, go to whoisnefarious.com. You can see the film in theaters across America. And reminder, this is not a film for all ages. It is rated R. It is for older audiences, not necessarily for children. Uh, but just want to give you that little caveat there. But that was Chuck and Carrie. And again, the website is whoisnefarious.com. All right, Billy, appreciate you breaking down that story. I'm very interested to see this movie. I've seen the trailers, and while I, typically this is not my area of film that I love the most, something that borderlines on kind of horror, even though it's not really like a horror flick, but it's certainly like a thriller, suspenseful, that sort of thing. So um, you've seen it, though, and it's it's what did you think? I've seen it twice, Dan. Um, oh, okay. No, I, I really, I really like it. I, I think it is not something you're going to bring your kids to. As I said at the end, there, um, it's not for all ages, uh, but it's it really opens up the genre of faith films to something broader, and it points to you know we're talking about all these issues of evil in in our world that we report on that we see every day. This film addresses a lot of those in the dialogue, and I think it's an important reminder. And even if you're not a believer, it would make you think. Hmm. Yeah, definitely interesting. Well, looking forward to finally see it for my first time before Billy sees it for his third. But I appreciate you bringing that interview. But that leaves us with time for one last thing. Okay, so it's kind of in line with what we're talking about here. Second Corinthians 4, 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. I think that explains a lot of what we're talking about right now in, in our world, whether yeah. it's the trans issue, no matter what it is, this refusal, this inability to see the truth. Yeah. On issues like abortion as well. Totally. hundred percent. Yeah. I think you know, as Christians, when we go in to have these conversations with our unbelieving friends and family, we have to remember that they're not an enemy, right? Because the moment we see them as an enemy, we've written off the, the possibility of having a gospel conversation with them. We need to remember that they're spiritually blinded and that's the root of, of the issue for all of humanity, right? Until yeah. our eyes are opened by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Good verse. Good place to leave it here on this Tuesday edition of the Quick Start Podcast. As always, get on over to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. See you then. God bless.